I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. So today, I'm going to talk about an interesting aspect that I, uh, that's become part of my job. Not a big part, but a tiny part, which is celebrity. Um, so when I first signed up for this job many years ago, I did not quite realize. Uh, so I wrote an article about this, uh, and uh, I started it by having a story. So let me, let me start with my story. Um, so I go to um, San Diego Comic-Con every year. And uh, a big part of San Diego Comic-Con is going to panels and, and, and hearing people speak. And usually you got to wait in line. Um, and I accept that as just being part of the process. And I usually bring along my iPad or whatever so that I can... Um, usually I read comics, which I like to do while sitting in line at Comic-Con. But anyway, it allows me to um, pass the time. Because waiting around is something you do. So I'm in line for something, and I've been sitting there for a while, and I'm, I don't know, reading or playing a game, or doing something on my iPad, and someone walks up to me, and they say, hey, oh my God, it's you, it's you, and I'm like, hi, and they go, oh, I, I just have to tell you, I'm a huge fan, I love all the work you do, uh, I just, I'm so excited to meet you, and I'm like, well, that's, thank you very much, I mean, you know, it's nice to meet you, um, and the guy is like, can I get an autograph? I'm like, oh, sure, no problem, and he, he, uh, he pulls something out and I sign it. Um, and then he, he walks away and he comes back and he says, oh, wait a minute. I, I, I can't not get a picture. Uh, and so he says, can I, uh, can we please take a picture? And I'm like, oh, sure. So I turned to the guy next to me who'd been sitting in line with me for an hour or so and said to him, hey, could you take our picture? Um, and the guy goes, sure. So he takes our picture and the guy shakes my hand, thank you so much. And he, he goes off. Uh, and then I sit back down getting my iPad again, and there, you know, I, I go back to my reading, whatever, and there's just this pause, the guy next to me, and finally he goes, who are you? <laughs> um, and what I realized, means I like to tell the story, is that I had this very interesting celebrity in that I'm a big fish in a small pond, which means that if you know who I am, I'm a celebrity, but it's a very selective group. It is not, I, I don't have the kind of celebrity where I can't go to the grocery store without being bugged. Um, but it is the kind of thing that if I show up at a Grand Prix, you know, I'm going to take a lot of pictures and sign a lot of cards. Um, and so today I'm just going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a celebrity. I, I've actually learned a lot uh, about what, what it is to be a celebrity by being a magic celebrity, which once again, it's, it's a big fish in a small pond. But in that small pond, I, I, I do really have a taste of what it's like to be a celebrity. Um, so today I'm, I'm going to talk about that. Uh, in general, it is fun. I think one of the nice things is being sort of a mini-celebrity means that I get to go places where I get to be the celebrity and I get to sign autographs and take pictures and people are excited to meet me. But the most of my life isn't people doing that. Now, I can imagine if everywhere I go, that was how I got treated. Wow, it, it would get tires, tiresome very fast. Um, I think the reason it's kind of fun is it's in small doses and it's mostly where I know I'm like... Pretty much, it's going to be in a place where people expect me to be. Uh, a magic event, or maybe a gaming event. Um, although, the funny thing was, last year I went to the uh, GDC, I talked about this in my podcast, and apparently, there's a big overlap between people who like making games for a living, and people who enjoy playing magic. Uh, the game that you get to be the game designer, to a certain extent. Um, and so, one of the things that was interesting is, I was walking around GDC, I was just being constantly stopped. Um, so, th th there are places... Like, my celebrity applies to certain places. GDC apparently is one of them. Um, and, like, if I go to something like PAX, you know, if I go to 
geeky conventions, I will often get noticed. SDCC, I often get noticed. Um, oh, in fact, here's one of my, my favorite SDCC stories, San Diego Comic-Con stories, is uh, it's after the Comic-Con's closed, and we're walking down um, the, one of the main streets in San Diego, right outside the conference. Um, and as we walk, I see Brent Spiner walk by us. So I t- turn to the people walking with me, um, other Wizards people, and I say, oh, you guys see that? Brent Spiner just walked right by us. Um, and then maybe a minute later, I hear somebody walking the other way going, oh my God, you see that? Mark Rosewater just walked right by us. <laughs> um, so it's, to be honest, I think my celebrity is at a low enough level that it is fun. It just doesn't happen that much. Um, although it is interesting, um, once upon a time, it only happened at magic events, and it started to seep out into the real world. Um, usually what happens when I'm out, like, you know, not in a magic place, I'm just somewhere, is people will look at me, um, and then they will, they will, every once in a while, keep looking. Uh, and then eventually they'll come up to me and they go, I hate to bother you, are you Mark Rosewater? And then I always, yes, yes I am, and, you know, I offer to say hello or whatever, and, uh, oh, by the way, do you ever see me in public? My little caveat here. I, I... I mean, if I'm with my family, obviously, you know, don't, don't take too long. But um, I'm always happy to greet fans. I'm always happy to sign things, take pictures. You know, I mean, I, part of my job is this comes with my job. And I, like I said, the, the neat thing about my celebrity right now is it happens in small enough doses that it is enjoyable, most, mostly enjoyable. Um, and so I'm, please, 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 if you see me, um, I won't bite. Um, I, I, I always try to be very polite to fans. Um, I try to be polite in general, to be honest. But I, I especially try to be polite to fans. Um, but anyway, what happened is someone will see me, they'll come up to me, and they'll say, are you Mark Rosewater? And I think they know I'm me, but that's somehow the question. That's the question that people always ask when they first come up to me, that, you know, out in the, the real public. Um, and then, oh, the interesting thing, by the way, is once upon a time, I used to get rec- recognized by how I looked, um, because my pictures on my article, and, you know, I, I, I'll show up in photographs and stuff. Um, but ever since I started doing this podcast, I now get recognized by my voice, because people who listen to my podcast know my voice which I'm told is quite distinctive. Um, yeah, for some reason, whenever people someone used to me before my podcast was popular, they, they always would say, oh, uh, you're shorter than I expected and your voice is higher than I expected. So apparently what people expected me uh, in the early days was a tall, husky-voiced man, but uh, that is not who I am. So, um, but uh, anyway, uh, and my kids, my kids get tickled pink. My kids... Uh, I think once again it doesn't happen very much, but my my kids in love my you know my, my little junior celebrity um, that they think it's, it's hilarious and uh, I, I think it's fun for them to see their dad you know it it, it is kind of cool. Um, I once I, on a couple occasions I've taken my kids with me to an a magic event where I pop in um, and that, that and that's where it goes crazy. That uh, a magic event, especially a magic event that is not in Seattle. Um, a non-Seattle magic event. In Seattle, people are a little more used to seeing me. I've shown up to enough Seattle events that I think seeing me is not quite the... But if, you, if I ever go someplace, like I was... Um, my family had a little reunion in Portland one year in which the Grand, Grand Prix Portland was there. Um, and my cousin... Not my cousin, sorry. My nephew, my sister's son, uh, is really into magic. He plays magic. And so he was very eager to go with me to um, the uh, Grand Prix. And it was literally like I walked in to the time I left was just constant, you know, interacting with fans, which is awesome. Like, I, I, I once again, I, I will never be unhappy to interact with fans. Um, but it was really, it, it definitely gave me, I get a little taste of, like, what real celebrities like when I'm at a magic event. Um, that, like, what, what, like, 
somebody who's actually famous out in the real world. Like, this just happens to them constantly. And like I said, if it happens to you small enough, uh, it is something where I think it is fun in small doses, and I, I really would get why it would be annoying in large doses. Um, okay, so what is the dark side of celebrity? Because um, getting recognized and signing autographs and taking pictures, that's actually, actually pretty fun. And um, Although one thing I will say, when someone meets me, uh, a little caveat for people who ever meet me, people get really nervous when they meet me, uh, and they will lose, like, are you my grocery artist? Yes. Um, um, I love magic. You know, they'll, they'll say something really, really, and then one of the things I try to do is, is ask questions and sort of get them to open up a little bit. Um, it's interesting how nervous people get when they meet me, uh, especially people who have never, ever met me before. Like the first time they've ever met me. Um, some people will get very nervous, which is interesting to me. Uh, I, I never thought I'd make people that nervous, but uh, I, I don't think it's me. I just think it's kind of, there is something about meeting celebrities of someone who you I don't know of and, and just for the first time. But uh, the thing I always, it's fun when I meet somebody is just, uh, um, you know, if you have a question, you've always wondered. Like, I always wondered why something. It's a perfect opportunity. Um, like, I remember um, I wrote an article where I, um, called Celebrity, where what I did was I talked about my being a celebrity, and then I had stories of me meeting celebrities. Um, and one of my favorites is uh, I met Jim Henson, because I, uh, when I was a runner in Hollywood, a production assistant, I worked on a show called um, 50 Years of Television, I think it was called. I think television was celebrating its 50th anniversary. Um, and so it had a whole bunch of, it was a, basically it was a clip show from you know, the 50 Years of Television, but it had uh, celebrity hosts doing, doing all the intros. And one of the hosts were Kermit and Piggy. So obviously, uh, the Jim Henson, and uh, Jim Henson was one of my idols, so I was really excited to meet Jim Henson. Um, Frank Oz was there too I also met Frank Oz The funny thing was I was so excited to meet Jim Henson And, and not as excited to meet Frank Oz Only because I was so excited to meet Jim Henson um, And what happened was They had brought a photographer in So that people could bring their kids in So that people could take their picture with Kermit And I was like Look, I, I don't mind if Kermit's in the picture But I want a picture with Jim Henson So if you, if, if you go to look celebrity in my article There's a picture of me with Jim Henson uh, The picture that I took that day um, And I always wanted to ask Jim Henson a question Because I said well, If I ever meet Jim Henson like, I, I always have in mind a question I'd love to ask. So if you're ever going to meet me, have a question that you'd love to ask. My question I asked Jim Henson was, um, in the movie It's a Wonderful Life, there is a um, cab driver and a cop that are kind of a buddy pair uh, named Ernie and Bert. And it obviously came up before Sesame Street because it's the 1930s. And so I said to him, oh, were Ernie and Bert named after Ernie and Bert from um, It's a Wonderful Life? And he said that he'd been asked that a couple times. And that nobody uh, at Henson, at uh, you know production, who makes who makes um, no one can remember, uh, no one can remember that consciously being so, because it could have been a subconscious thing, but no one no one did it on purpose. Um, oh, the other interesting thing, by the way, about meeting Jim Henson is so when you meet them first, they have they have the pup, the marionettes, the Muppets, uh, on their hand, and then they take them off, and so and they put them in a little box, and Kermit really goes from being all this full of life to being lifeless. It almost looks like Kermit died and then you place him in this little box that looks like a coffin. Very freaky. Um, but anyway, uh, so if you ever meet me, have a question. I, 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 obviously, I answer questions all the time on my blog, so I'm, I'm mighty used to answering questions. And if you have some personal things you've always wanted to know, now's the time to ask. Um, I can't always answer every question. I'll tell you if I can't answer it. There's some questions I'm just not allowed to answer. Uh, and there's some I don't know the answer to. But... I will always try to answer your question the best of my ability, even if I have to tell you I can't answer that or I don't know the answer. Okay, so what is the dark side of celebrity? Um, 
I think the more interesting side of celebrity that's a little on the darker side is not in person. People are very nice in person. Um, I'm not saying no one's ever been mean in person, but in general what I discover is people are very nice in person. On the internet, not so nice, not quite as nice. I'm not sure where that accent came from. Um, so one of the things I've learned is part of being a celebrity is you, you, you become a representative figure. And that means there are people who will rally against you, who will not like you. Um, and so there's a lot of... Um, I mean, one thing I do, I'm open to this, is uh, I will occasionally Google my name to see what people are saying about me. Um, and uh, not everything is positive. Uh, you know, there, there are some famous... Uh, there's a guy once that famously wrote an article called Why I Hate Mark Rosewater. It was followed up by an article called Why You Should Hate Mark Rosewater. Um, oh, here's a funny story with that is um, one of my friends uh, at work sometimes when she's bored will Google people she knows. And so she Googled my name and she stumbled on these articles. And so she, next time she saw me, she was all aghast. She goes, have you seen this? The, this guy writes these articles about how people are supposed to hate you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know he is. I, la- I later would ask him out to get lunch. That's his own story. Um, but uh, it, it's part of the job. I said, I said, look, you know, people are, people are going to vent. I mean, part, part of being a public figure. Like, one of the things I talk about is people need somebody to blame for things. And I'm just the low-hanging fruit. I'm, I'm the public figure, so blame me. And, and I would say 90, 90% of the things I get blamed for, I, I have really nothing to do with. Um, 10% I, I, I do have something to do with. But a lot of it is just people mad at something. They're mad at some digital component, or they're mad at some um, uh, why a card isn't powerful enough, or why a certain art was used, or I don't know. There's all these things they get really mad about, of which some of which I have little to do with, and some of which I have nothing to do with. Um, but that the role of the public face is, hey, uh, I get compliments for things I didn't do. I get insulted for things I didn't do. That comes with the territory. Um, but there is a real, there is a dark side of celebrity in that there, it, it can bring out a real anger. Because um, people, people don't know me, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean some people, I, I take that back. Some people know me through my writing. They'll, they'll read my writing, listen to my podcast, and you know, they'll, they'll get a sense of me. They don't know the real me as much as they know sort of the public me, but nonetheless, um, people can get really negative. Uh, uh, in fact, um, I've been saving uh, mean tweets for, I think at some point we might do a, a reading of mean tweets like they do in Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and there are some really mean tweets. There, there are people, like, for example, I've been compared, it's not just on, in Twitter, but I've compared, been compared to Hitler three times. Three. Do people not know what Hitler did? I'm like, you know, I make a game, uh, you know. Uh, so, I, mean, I think Hitler's the go-to. I'm mad, and I want to compare him to the worst person I can think of. Um, but, I mean, I've, I, I've, I've had many letters of people writing to me saying, Dear Satan, or Dear Devil, or... Um, and, and, like, in general, the funny thing is, normally when people interact with me directly, like, even with email, most of the time they're very polite. Um, but when they're talking about me, like, like I said, when I Google myself, there's all sorts of threads, you know, um... Uh, the number of times I've read uh, article threads, or not article threads, but uh, bulletin board threads that are like, why do people hate Mark Rosewater? Uh, you know, and it, it is funny in that a lot of, um, like wh- one of the things I think is really important, I talk about this in my social media thing, is that one of the roles that I fill as spokesperson is to let people vent. I, I actually don't take it personally. Um, I often, um, 
when people say really mean things, I'll read it aloud in the pit. Um, just because it, sometimes it's so over the, it's, people, it is funny the scope when people decide to get mean. That it, it is, it, on some level, it's, to me, comical. It's, it's so over the top mean, I find it comical. Um, I do try to find feedback in whatever people say. And even in the harshest of things, I'm, I'm trying. Um, oh, here's one of the things that's really weird when people are mean. Is they'll write letters to me where they're, they're really mean. Like the, the opening paragraph will be just mean, something really mean. And the second paragraph is how, and I'd like to work at Wizards. So I'm going to give you a little, little job tip here. When you apply somewhere and you're trying to encourage people to maybe hire you, just, just a I don't know, little tip. Don't insult them in the same letter. Um, I literally, for example, have gotten letters, Dear Satan. They start with Dear Satan, and later in the letter it's like, I would like a job at Wizards. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't quite understand the dynamic of why someone would do that, but I, I've actually gotten quite a bit. Um, and like I say, I try to... Um, I try to... you got to get a thick skin. I mean, one, one thing about, about doing be, being a spokesperson, being a public figure, is people are just going to say mean things. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I get a little bit of sense... like. When I used to work in Hollywood, um, one of the things that I, I got to experience is there are certain magazines that are uh, tabloids, right? That just write sensational articles. That's what they do. You know, they don't just write normal articles. They're sensational articles. And a lot of them are about celebrities. So the interesting thing in, in Hollywood was I would see articles written about people that I knew the celebrities, you know. And they would, they would laugh about it and, you know, ha-ha, they said this or that. And what I found is they kind of had a sense of humor about it. Because if you didn't have a sense of humor about it, it would just eat away at you. And so um, I've taken the same kind of attitude of I just can't, you know, it's one thing with someone who knows me personally to get, to get really hateful and like, okay, what did I do? And I would try to, you know, see what, what happened where they got so mad at me. But uh, in, in sort of public stuff, it's like, well, people are going to vent. Um, the other thing that's very interesting, by the way, is people who are very mean online, and when I meet them, they're very nice, even though on some level they must understand. Like I, if you write stuff about me, odds are at some point I'm going to read it. I Google my name. I, I come across stuff. Um, so, but once again, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't actually, interestingly, I, people are going to be critical. It's what I do. I don't actually hold grudges about it. I, I'm surprisingly pretty, pretty well-fared about people who want to be critical. Um, some of it, by the way, is I, I invite people to be critical in the sense that, look, part of my job is to get better at my job. I want feedback. Um, if you have feedback, give me feedback. The only thing I ask is, and once again, not everybody does this, is I like people to be polite if they can, meaning I don't mind if people have issues or, or think I did something wrong or dislike something I did. Um, I prefer, especially on my blog, I, I ask for this, is you know, you can politely ask. You don't have to be mean about it. Um, and, I mean, you can be blunt in your criticism. You can be, you know, uh, okay, dear Morrow, I, um, I have a question I want to ask you. You know, I really dislike the gameplay of the recent set. I think it's one of your worst designs. You know, uh, how do you feel about it? Do you think it's one of your worst designs? I mean, that's a, that is not mean. That is honest to God. They think it's one of my worst designs. I've done a lot of designs. They're asking a question. Um, uh, the other thing I get a lot is the... Um, the backhanded compliment where, like, I'll, I'll post a comic, you know, and that someone finds it funny and, and they'll get, like, finally, a funny comic. I'm like, you, you couldn't just say it was a funny comic. You have to, like, put it in context. I, 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 I don't know. They, uh, uh, anyways, what are we doing today? It is raining today. 
So we are, uh, might be a little extra long today. Today's one of those topics that I decided I would start on and um, I would just see where I go. Um, okay, let me tell you interesting stories about celebrity stories for, for me. Um, and then I, maybe I'll tell you one or two me meaning celebrity stories like I did in my, in my article. Um, in fact, okay, I'll tell you another me meaning celebrity story. Okay, so I, um, I was a runner, a production assistant. So one of the jobs when you're a runner is you have to go to different lots and deliver things. And so what happens is uh, you basically you go to the front gate, you go, I got to deliver this, and then you sign in, and then they let you in. And then you have to go in the lot and find the thing. And some places I used to go all the time, so I knew exactly where they were. But every once in a while, they'd send to some place that I wasn't normally used to go. So one day I get uh, a package to deliver to some bungalow at Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers is in the valley. Um, I didn't go to Warner Brothers a lot. I mean, I, I, I knew of a lot. I, I'd been there, so I knew of a lot, but I didn't know the specific place. So I'm looking around. I'm just getting lost. And so um, somebody's coming. So I walk up to the person, and I say, excuse me. Um, and I'm looking at my package. Excuse me. I'm trying to find bungalow 717. Do you know where 717 is? And then the person says, oh, yes. And they start describing how I could get there. And as they're describing how I could get there, I realize that voice, that's a familiar voice. So I look up and I see Clint Eastwood is giving me directions how to find um, this bungalow. Um, and one of the things that like, you learn in Hollywood um, is uh, I was trying when I meet celebrities not to, you know, just uh, be nonchalant about it. Um, and, and one of the fun things about working in Hollywood is I met a lot of celebrities. You'll hear a few of the stories today. Um, but anyway, I got directions from uh, Clint Eastwood. That was very cool. And he was very nice. Gave me, gave me fine directions. Um, I, I, mean, I didn't interact very much to get directions, but I, that, was, that was my one uh, face-to-face with Clint Eastwood. Um, okay, one of the times I got to be a celebrity, so this is one of my favorite stories, is um, Laura and I and my daughter Rachel, who was a baby. I, she, I mean, she was six months old or something. She was a baby. Um, we were traveling home on an airplane. We visiting family or something. And the person next to me, uh, it was a couple. And I discover, so the way it worked was, um, for some reason, Laura and I were, oh, I think we were across the aisle from each other. So we, were, we couldn't get in the same row, but we were across the aisle. And I think Laura had Rachel. Um, and then, because when you're a baby, usually it's on your lap. Um, but I was right next to her, so I had the bag so I could hand her stuff and, you know, across the aisle. Uh, but anyway, I was sitting next to this couple. And so, one of the things I like to do in airplanes is chat with people I'm sitting next to. And at some point, they ask me what I do for a living. And I say, oh, I'm, I'm a game designer. And they go, oh, well, what, what game? And I go, Magic the Gathering. And they're like, no way. And I'm like, yeah. And they go, uh, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm Mark Rosewater. Like, oh, you're Mark Rosewater. Because this is back when I, uh, I didn't have a podcast yet to recognize my voice. And I guess they didn't, they didn't know my picture. Um, and so, it turns out that they... Uh, were magic players. And more than they were magic players, um, they had just gotten married. They were coming to Seattle for their honeymoon. And they were very excited to meet me. And, they were very, and I said, I said, Laura, can we have a, do you mind if we make, take a small detour on the way home? And I said, no. So when we got there, uh, we went with them to get there to rental car. And then I, they drove, they followed me to Wizards and I gave them a tour of Wizards. I said, it's your honeymoon. You guys are magic fans. So we drove to Wizards and we gave them a tour. Um, which is, by the way, something I'm not supposed to do, but uh, no one was there, so shh. Uh, and anyway, it was for the honeymoon. I thought it was nice to give them. So that was, um, that was something that, 
I, I, I like. I don't have a lot of opportunities to go over and above in celebrity, but uh, when I have a few opportunities, that, that was real, that was really exciting for me. Um, okay, let me tell another story of me meeting celebrities. So one of the questions I get asked all the time is, "Who was my favorite celebrity? Who's the nicest celebrity I ever met?" Um, so uh, I was working on Empty Nest at the time. Um, Empty Nest was a sitcom. I worked, so I worked at Wit Thomas Productions. They made Golden Girls. They made Empty Nest. They made a, at the time a show called Blossom, um, starring. Um, uh, Mayim Bialik, who's now on uh, Big Bang Theory. Um, she was a kid at the time. Anyway, uh, I was working at Empty Nest, which was a spinoff of uh, Golden Girls. Starred um, uh, Richard Mulligan as a widower who had uh, uh, three daughters, although one of the, only two of them were on the show. One of them you heard about. Um, but anyway, uh, one, of the, one of my jobs um, as a runner on Empty Nest was when there would be guest hosts um, usually, we would go pick them up at the airport. Um, and for those that don't know, there's a special place that uh, celebrity. There, there's a there's a terminal that's a little like a, a place that's a little more out of the pa- beaten path that celebrities can go, um, so that they're not in the main part of the airport. Um, I think they're making a giant terminal at some point. But anyway, at the time they had a little one. Um, and so uh, I went. So both I and my fellow um, production assistants. There were two productions on um, on Empty Nest. We both went. Uh, and we had to pick up, um, I'm, uh, okay, uh, this is horrible. When I'm about to do the big reveal, I didn't think of the name. Uh, Phil, um, he was Saturday Night Live. Uh, he was on The Simpsons. Why am I blanking Phil's last name? Um, he was a super, super funny guy. Uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his last name. And you guys, the audience all, um, so he got, he, he first came to claim the fame, on um, Saturday Night Live, then he was on news radio. Phil Hartman. Ah, man, I can't believe I, I forgot his name. Phil Hartman. Uh, he was on news radio. He did a voice, a couple of voices on The Simpsons. Um, but anyway, so we went to pick him up. So one of the things you have to understand about celebrities is, in general, uh, production assistants are below man on the totem pole, and so we're not treated particularly all that nice. Uh, and so a lot of people ignore us. Um, at best, usually they're just neutral toward us. But Phil Hartman was just super sweet, really nice. Um, while we were driving back, he was asking our opinion about sort of t- tell about the show and the people, and like he was really listening to us. Um, and then whenever I would see him around the lot, because you know I was delivering things, he would say, "Hey, Mark, how you doing?" Like he remembered my name. Now I know that that may not sound like something, but being that there were cast members on Empty Nest who did not know my name. People who I brought lunch to every other day, basically, who did not know my name. Maybe they recognized my face, but they didn't know my name. Some of them did, but they didn't know my name. And guest star Phil Hartman knew my name. He was, and like I said, I, I dealt with a lot of stars in my in my time on uh, in Hollywood. I mean, some of them, some of them were nice. A lot of them were not nice. Some of them were neutral. Uh, but Phil Hartman was by far, by far, the nicest. And. Um, it's funny, of my stories today, both Jim Henson and Phil Hartman died prematurely. Um, Jim Henson died uh, a couple months, like a few months after I met him, maybe even six weeks after I met him. I was, I was uh, working on a hidden camera show where um, it was a pilot for a show where people would call in and, and want to do pranks on their friends or family, and then we would help them and film it. Um, and I walked in, and there was news that Phil Hartman, not Phil Hartman, that... Uh, Jim Henson had died, and I was in denial. It's like, I don't believe you. Because he died, he died of, like, pneumonia or something. Like, he was sick and just didn't go to the doctor, and he died. And it just didn't even sound real to me. Um, 
Phil Hartman, obviously, even more tragically, he was killed by his wife. Um, but anyway, two of the nicest celebrities I ever met came to really uh, not happy endings, and so that was really uh, both of those were hard for me to hear. Um, other celebrity stuff. Uh, yeah, one of the things that, that's interesting when I when I'm the celebrity is um, the. Uh, it is very funny how I recognize times where I met somebody and got a little tongue-tied, and when they met me and were very tongue-tied. Um, but it, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like I said, I, I really do enjoy interacting with people. So I, I cannot stress enough that uh, if, if you meet me, you know, I, I, one of the things that I've learned very hard is I try to ask questions to people when they meet me, because sometimes they have trouble, uh, and I'll ask questions, and I'll, I'll try to get information out of them. And I... One thing that's, that's fun of meeting fans is, like, the reason I answer so many questions online is I like interacting with the fans. I love interacting with the fans in public. Um, if you, by the way, have never met someone who's just so excited to meet you, it's an awesome, awesome feeling. So um, I, I will never, I'm always happy to meet people. Okay, let me tell more, more celebrity stories. Um, okay. Um, so I was working at, with Thomas Productions, I believe, and so they were doing a movie with Richard Gere. And so some of the, uh, Wit and Thomas, I assume, were, were meeting at Richard Gere's house. Um, and so uh, one, of the, one of the roles of a runner is you get meals for people. So they wanted pizza. And so uh, uh, I got this, and, you know, here's Richard Gere's address. Go pick up, I don't know, two pepperoni pizzas, whatever they wanted. Uh, and so I, I pick them up and then I travel. I go to his house, ring the doorbell. Who answers? Richard Gere. Hi, Richard Gere. Here's your pizza. He invites me in, and I, I put down the pizza. And then he says, uh, you know, to the other people, he goes, would you mind, can I send him to get some beer? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, he goes, oh, he gives me some money. Um, I think he went to give me some money, and then like, the producer like, no, 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 we can cover it. And then they said, okay, go get, I, I don't remember what kind of beer it was, but I ran down, and so I delivered pizza to Richard Gere, and I got beer for Richard Gere. Um... Not a lot of celebrities who say you can buy beer for them. I, I did. Um, I uh, yeah. One of the things that was neat is the uh, one of the things that happens in LA for those that never lived in LA is you often will interact with celebrities, and um, your first gut when you see them in public is, and, and I, I now understand why people ask me if I'm me is you'll see somebody and they look a lot like the celebrity that you know, but you're kind of in denial that it's them. Because it's like, well, I mean, I, I know that looks like, you know, uh, I don't pick a celebrity. Um, I know that looks like Celebrity X, but but what's the chance of me seeing Celebrity X? And then you live in L.A. long enough, you're like, no, it's probably, if, you, if they look like Celebrity X, they're probably Celebrity X. Um, so here's another time where I got to serve food to a celebrity. So um, my uh, girlfriend at the time was part of a Shakespearean. They are putting on a Shakespeare play um, in the park. And she was part of the production staff. And so opening night, um, I went to see the play. And so she, um, they were doing this thing where they were doing root beer floats for opening night. And so I got roped into being one of the root beer float makers. That's hard to say. Root beer float makers. Um, and so, um, so what happened was I would just, people would come up to me. And, and this is people who would see the Shakespearean play. And they would come up to me and I'd scoop out ice cream and I'd put root beer in and we might even had a choice of ice cream. I, I forget, um, but pretty much like I had, you know, little containers. I scoop the ice cream. I put root beer in, and I, and I hand them the thing. Pretty, pretty easy. Um, so who walks up to me? Keanu Reeves walks up to me, 
And he is a big Shakespeare fan, for those who don't know. Um, and so I made some small... I don't even, We talked about the play, I think. I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but I think we talked a little about Shakespeare. He, he's a big fan of Shakespeare. We were watching a Shakespeare play, and I, I, I know a little bit about Shakespeare, and so I'm serving him his root beer, and he and I are chatting about Shakespeare. Um, that's some of my favorite memories, by the way, of my interaction with celebrities are ones in which there was a moment where we just had kind of a unique moment. Um, oh, here's another fun one is... I was at Costco. This is here in Issaquah. So the Issaquah Costco, where I live, is um, uh, Issaquah is the corporate headquarters. So Kirkland, which is also a city in uh, a suburb of Seattle, is where the first, uh, that's probably the Kirkland brand, if you go to Costco. Um, but Issaquah is where the headquarters are. So the Issaquah branch is really nice because it's right by headquarters. And so, you know, when your CEO is walking in probably every other day. Uh, anyway, so they have a lot of book signings they do there. So one day I'm, I'm in the thing and I'm walking by and there's a guy sitting at a table and it's Ken Jennings. Uh, for those who don't know, he holds the record for the most consecutive Jeopardy wins. He's um, a very famous um, trivia buff person and he had written a book. Um, and so I started chatting with him and uh, I asked if I could take a picture with him because I said I wanted to post it on my Twitter my Twitter because when I meet other celebrities, they get real excited when I post twi- uh, pictures on Twitter or Tumblr. And so he said, well, what do you do? And I explained, I was the head designer for Magic. And he goes, oh my goodness, my son plays Magic. And his son was like, he goes, look, it's the head designer of Magic. And he knew who I was. He was very excited to meet me. So Ken and Jen- Jennings and I were talking. So the shirt I had on at the time was I had this Superman shirt, but instead of a letter S, it's a Hebrew letter S. Uh, I-, I call it my Super Jew shirt. Um, and so he commented on my shirt. And so we got on the topic of Jewish superheroes. Um, like the thing from Ta- Fantastic Four is Jewish. Um... Kitty Pride, Shadow Cat from the X-Men is Jewish. Um, so we started talking about Jewish superheroes. And what I realized is I knew more on the topic of Jewish superheroes than Ken Jennings, which might be the only topic that I know more of in Ken Jennings. But uh, it was very fun. And um, anyway, one of my favorite things when I meet celebrities, I love when I have this little moment where I can talk with them. So what I realize when I meet people is I try to make sure if I can, like rather than just be a generic, hey, how are you? try to find something that's unique about them that I can have a conversation with them that I've, I've never had with anybody else. Um, just because I, what I realize is I remember the moments that I've met with celebrities. I don't people remember the moments with me. Oh, that's another dynamic that's very interesting is when I meet somebody and then they've met me before, but to their mind, I mean, they know exactly when they met me before and I, you know, I meet a lot of people and so I don't remember. Um, that's another weird dynamic where I'll meet somebody and they go, oh yeah, I met you back at, you know, Pro Tour, blah, 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 or Grand Prix, blah, 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 and you know, we talked for two minutes, and you said this and that, and, and uh, um, I try where I can. Um, I've met a lot of people, so if I don't always remember exactly, I mean, my memory's decent. Um, and if you and I had talked about something unique, there's a greater chance to go, oh, we talked about such and such, and that's the only time I ever talked about it, I have a better chance of remembering. Um, but anyway, I apologize if I, if I meet you and then don't realize that I met you. I, just, I meet a lot of people. Um, I'm decent with faces, but I, I just interact with so many different people that it is hard for, and some of them briefly uh, it's hard for me to remember everybody that I've interacted with um, okay I'm almost, I'm almost to work I'm trying to think any other uh, any other stories of me meeting celebrities I, I forgot to check my article let's see oh here's another one another one I did in the article which um, so when I was in college uh, I, w- I, I was in an improv troupe uh, and one of the people I was in the improv troupe was a guy named Alex um, and oh not Alex sorry Stuart uh, Stuart Winter uh, and uh, he wrote a comic strip where Alex was the main character. I'm, I'm, for those who are confused, Stuart with Alex. Um, anyway, Stuart was a, um, a stand-up comic. 
uh, he did stand-up comedy. He went to open mic nights and stuff. And so a bunch of us went with him, and we started doing stand-up too. Um, and so during college, I did a bunch of stand-up, and a little bit when I first got to L.A. Um, but anyway, the, what I, the place I chose to do stand-up in um, Boston was in a place called Catch a Rising Star, which was in uh, Cambridge, where Harvard is, and Harvard Yard. Um, and so... Um, the shtick that I came up with, I decided I wanted a shtick, was I did lists. Um, and so I would pull lists from all over places, and it was like, I talked about how in um, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, they actually only use six. Here's the 44 they don't mention, or the top 10 pet beeves of the average enterprise crew member, or <coughs> I don't know, all, all sorts of lists. Um, and uh, after my first time I did stand with Kitch Rising Star, this comedian who was. <coughs> The way it works at open mic night is that uh, um, the open mic night is for new comedians to break in and for established comedians just to, to try new material. It's a safe place for them to sort of try stuff out. Um, and so really open mic night is people who've come for, I mean, it's, it's, it's much, open mic night is cheaper than normal nights. And so people are coming for a little cheaper comedy, usually like Monday nights. Um, and then the comics. And so when I came off the stage, one comic came up to me. He, and the sense I got was he was someone who was you know, more of a regular, wasn't doing open mic, and he gave me some tips. Uh, and then, every time I go up and I come off, not always, but a lot of times he'd come off and he'd give me tips on stuff, and, and sometimes he'd notice that I did something he had said, and, you know, so I had this little rapport, and this was this little comic who was helping me, um, uh, you know, one, one of the normal comics who was helping me. And so anyway, uh, I always remember this comic just because it was real nice to me, and it's something that, like, um, it's interesting how often you remember people that, that are just are nice to you at a time that it, you just, it's helpful for someone to be nice to you. I mean, maybe you always remember people that are, that are nice to you. I don't think you actually forget people that are nice to you. Anyway, so that person was Louis C.K. So who, who was the person that helped me when I was first breaking in doing stand-up, giving me, like, helpful notes? It was Louis C.K. And I always, the funny thing was, I always kept an eye on him, and he, he was on a lot of writing staffs, and so his name was kind of out there. He really didn't break, sort of break it big for, for many, many, many years. So it's the kind of thing where I'd watch writing staffs and his name would go by and go, oh, hey, Lucy K, I love Lucy K. Um, so that's my Lucy K story. Um, any other quick stories before I get to work? Let's see. I did, I told the Richard Gere story. I told the Jim Henson story. I told the Phil Hartman story. I told the Clint Eastwood story. I told the Keanu Reeves story. Um, I mean, one thing about, about one of the games I used to play when I worked in Hollywood with my cousins is I would have them name a celebrity and then I'd tell if I'd met them or not. Um, and back when I worked in Hollywood, usually... About one in four, I at least had some... Inter- I mean, I might have just seen them, but I had some, some story, even of just like, I was eating at the deli. Oh, by the way, uh, if, you ever, if you ever live in L.A. and you want to see stars, um, the place that I had the highest rate of seeing stars was in the valley... Uh, what's the deli name? There's a famous, famous deli in the, in the valley. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the deli. Uh, but it's, it, it, it's, in the valley, there's a, it's a, like... Look up delis in the valley. It's a very old deli, but... Uh, I saw more celebrities in that deli. Uh, it's just a big deli, and it's just a great place to eat. And, um, anyway, that, that's the number one spot for spotting celebrities. Uh, anyway, uh, let me wrap this up by saying mostly what my, my point of today is just talking about there's just different aspects of what I do, and this was not an aspect I expect. I, I, I didn't really ever start working at Wizards. Like, I didn't start working at Wizards expecting to be a spokesperson. I kind of came by it, like I said, for those who don't know, I just, back in the day, there was Usenet, which was like a bulletin board, and I, I would go on and answer questions and stuff on there, and then I started writing in the, for the Duelist, and then I started doing a column called Insider Trading, uh, and I just, I 
through the duelists and through Usenet and stuff, I just started becoming the person that talked for, for Wizards and then became more official when the website started and I started doing my articles and stuff. Um, and then I kind of naturally navigated into the role. I mean, it's a role I was comfortable with, but it wasn't something planned. And as Magic has gotten big, I mean, it started big and it's just gotten bigger. Um, it's just interesting. It's like, you know, it, it is... I have so many stories of where I was just someplace. You know, I was at the movie buying popcorn or I was riding the ferry or whatever. I'm just doing things and people stop me. And like I said, my kids are tickled pink by it. Um, and and it, like I said, it's luckily I'm a small enough celebrity that it is fun. It, it is always a positive experience for me because I, it's not like I, I can't get a moment's peace. I, I can understand why like real celebrities have a problem where like just they can't ever go out in public without someone stopping them. I don't have that. So like I said, feel free if you see me to stop. Uh, I always happy to sign an autograph, answer a question, take a picture. Um, but anyway, guys, that is my tales of my celebrity. And like I said, it was raining today, so you got a little extra bonus. So anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. But I'm now parking my parking space. So you all know that means instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. See you guys next time.